0: Real estate investing is changing, but there are people evolving and thriving. In this podcast, we'll listen to their stories and hopefully learn from them. I am dedicated to creating a life where I could create multiple passive income and doing something I love along the way. To me, the most important part is doing significant work and create great relationships along the way. For those that want to invest in passive income multifamilies, email me at abio at my name is Javier Ballesteros. I am a real estate investor and entrepreneur, and I want to help you live the real estate life. Welcome to the Real Estate Life Podcast. Welcome to the Real Estate Life Podcast. Tom, welcome to the show. I want to tell you, I appreciate you coming on and, you know, giving us some educations on your business of self-storage and, and how you find these deals and distressed assets. Uh, can you, Tom, can you, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do?
1: Sure, Abiel. Uh, Thanks. Thanks for having me today. Uh, Yeah, so uh, I've been uh, doing uh, real estate in different ways uh, since 2006 uh, when I left corporate America. Um, And I started out like a lot of folks do, doing wholesaling and fixing and flipping and the residential side. I had a rental portfolio. Uh, Thankfully, I'm out of that business altogether. (laughs) So that was a good day when I sold my last rental property. Uh, but yeah, the last few years, uh, we've been uh, focused big time on, uh, on self-storage. And uh, what we do is we, we find uh, self-storage facilities uh, that are being poorly run. And well, we go in with our professional uh, management team, and uh, we turn those facilities around and really get them pointed in the right direction. Uh, so we create a lot of value uh, over a pretty short period of time. Uh, which our investors love. So it's, uh, it's been a great, uh, great business model. We've got a great team. Uh, so we're super excited about
0: uh, this space and, and where we are. What regions or cities are you investing now in the United States?
1: Yes, right now we're mostly in the eastern U.S. We're in Maryland, Virginia, North Carolina, uh, and Georgia and Florida. Uh, we're about to put a facility under contract in Kentucky and another one in uh, uh, New York State.
0: Now, is that is that strategic or is that um, because you have boots on the ground and it's easy for you to mobilize? Or what is the reason why you picked those cities and how do you identify cities?
1: Yeah, great question. Uh, so a couple things, I guess. Uh, first of all, we are opportunistic. So when we're reaching out, we do have an in-house marketing program where we reach out to facility owners uh, in the eastern U.S., uh, we have VAs that are making a ton of phone calls to these folks, uh, so we can uh, strike a deal directly. Uh, we try to avoid uh, on-market deals that are being brokered and auctioned because we don't want to be sucked into an auction process where everyone's having to uh, increase their price over and over again. So we we don't participate in that. Uh, we find uh, sellers directly through our uh, internal process, uh, but we're we're trying to find uh, facilities that are in uh, areas that are, that are growing. Uh, so that's why we've been drawn a lot, a lot to the Southeast uh, US because that's where the population's moving, that's where the jobs are, are going, that's where the infrastructure investments are being made. And so we, we're trying to ride that wave as well. Uh, but we do from time to time have an opportunistic uh, situation like the one up in New York State, um, uh, it happens to be a growing pocket, you know, as everyone probably knows that's watching or listening, you know, real estate's hyper local, right? So, um, I'm, I'm here outside of Philadelphia. This is our home base. Uh, we don't really buy around here cause it's, it's expensive and, uh, and there are pockets of growth, but they're not, you know, really popping too much, but the, the place up in New York state, uh, there's a whole big development going on. There's a Costco going in around the corner. So, you know, that's just going to continue to drive uh housing starts that's another thing we look for abl i forgot to mention before we look for housing starts uh but uh that opportunity came up and there's stellar financing and so all the checked a lot of the boxes so we had to jump on that one opportunistically
0: so let me go back to that that uh what you said that you you follow the trends what in the housing stocks is that what you said housing starts oh housing you starts housing starts yeah that term?
1: Sure. Yeah. So, so we subscribe because we are looking at the markets. We're doing our uh, our due diligence uh, thoroughly on the markets where where we're looking. Um, One of the things we look at is housing starts. So, when a housing uh, when a home developer comes into a market and they're looking to do a project, uh, that becomes public record. They have to file for their permits and acquire the land, et cetera. Um, So, so the databases that we subscribe to, we subscribe to a number of them because this is an important topic. Um, one of them in particular tracks housing starts. So we can see if we're if we're Got looking it. to acquire a self-storage facility here um, and there's a big housing development down the street over here, we really like to see
0: that because that's going to draw in population. Population's going to drive demand for storage. Got it. Got it. Got it. So you could kind of see that trend happening and do, and do some sort of analytics and prediction of what you expect uh, they're going to consume in storages. So it's not, so you're not winging it. There's actual data that you could pinpoint and back your, your returns up, which is something that, yeah. In my, in my industry and multifamilies, I think there's just a lot of data out there and it's easy to, to get, but I know that your industry is very niche. Like it's not easy for someone like me and say, I just want to see if this is a good spot to get a, a storage it, it, it takes it takes a lot of analytics and a lot of different programs that not are out there to every investor. Uh, that's something that I've learned recently.
1: That's right. Yeah. No, you're spot on. In fact, we we actually take a two prong approach. Uh, we look at the supply side, but we also look at the demand side. So, on the supply side, like I mentioned, we're looking at housing starts. We're looking at how many how much square footage of storage is in that you know one, three, and five mile radius. Uh, and we, when we calculate what we call a supply index, uh, which is the number of square feet uh, per person in that market, and so the equilibrium is typically around seven feet uh, per person in that market. So if we run our calculation and we see that it's you know fifteen feet, that means that there might be we have to do a little more homework, but that there might be too much storage in that market. On the other end, if it's you know two or three feet. Uh, Per capita, we know that that market is going to be needing uh, uh, self-storage, so we go in there. And then on the demand side, these days, of course, with technology, you can actually track in a particular geography uh, how many people are searching uh, self-storage near me on their Google, on their their smartphone. That's pretty Uh, awesome. Yeah, so we can get a sense of of what kind of hits are, are happening there and get a sense on the demand side. Uh, uh, how, how, uh, storage is, is being perceived that's in that
0: market. So there, There's a lot that goes on behind the scene. Um, when it, when it comes to percentage of people who are using storages, is, is there a science to say a certain percentage is going to be office? Like for example, I know law firms and a lot of corporate offices need to store documents for a certain period of time. And then the other percentage, is it residential? Is there, Do you guys have a formula to identify that or that's not a factor?
1: Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a good question, Abiel. It's it's really it's going to depend on the market and, where the, and the location of that particular storage facility. Um, so we we're we'll get a sense when we're doing our due diligence on the facility of how much is commercial versus how much is is residential. Um, and in fact, one of the big trends in our industry right now is uh, for commercial. So contractors who you know they've been going through the, all these incredible aches and pains with the supply chain issues recently. Uh, they're actually starting to try to buy their inventory and store it so that they're not stuck on a project not having what they need. Oh, so, yeah. so that's a yeah. big uh, trend in our industry right now. Um, and then, as you mentioned, there are specialty needs like you know, medical records or, or financial records. You know, wine, <laughs> cigars. Yeah. Yeah. People can go <laughs> all different
0: directions uh, yeah. with storage. Yeah, there's. Um, I have some friends of mine that own restaurants and they use uh, storage facilities to store their wine and their liquor and their expensive stuff. So it's uh, mm-hmm. something I did not know that uh, was used. Um, now, what uh, you're you're an opportunistic investor, and and I like to say that our our company is also, our apartment capital is also an opportunistic uh, investor. We buy distressed multifamilies. In fact, that's we've created. Uh, brand behind that and we we like the good the bad the ugly the high vacancy the stuff that we could get in there and 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 start and just remodel everything and make it new again um mm-hmm. it's not not it's not for everyone what in your business what would put someone in your business uh in in that type of scenario uh in, where they're distressed and you could get that opportunity to come in what are the typical red flags what you're looking for
1: Sure. Yeah. That's, uh, like you, ABL, I mean, we, we, we're not afraid of rolling up our sleeves and doing the heavy lifting. Uh, so we'll, we'll go in there and, and, uh, tackle those, those big problems like you're doing in multifamily. I think that's awesome. Uh, but the big thing that we look for is, uh, is, is really just that the the rents are well below market and that the delinquencies are high because, uh, as I mentioned earlier, uh, self-storage is primarily a mom and pop industry. You know, the big names that you've heard of, you know, public storage, extra space, cube, smart, et cetera, they only control 25, 26% of the market. So the, so there's another layer in there of like large regional players and such, but the vast, vast majority of self-storage is still owned uh, by moms and pops, like a a seller we visited yesterday. He's a, 80 year old guy. He's, he built this, this is his baby. He built it from the ground up uh, you know, about 20 some years ago. And now he's ready to, you know, head down to Florida permanently. Um, but the thing that happens in that situation, you know, he's got his daughter helping to manage it. They get to be friendly with the tenants and, you know, you know, Bob's like, Oh, you know, I, I can't pay you this month, but I'll, I'll make it up to you next month. And they say, okay, Bob, cause they've known Bob for however many years. And so they also don't want to raise Bob's rent because again, he's a friend and if they raise the rent, you know, Bob might move out and then they go have to go find another tenant. And you know, the last thing a lot of these moms and pops want to do is any kind of marketing, any kind of uh, interaction with
0: God, customers. Yeah, yeah.
1: They just yeah. want that mailbox money. And this guy has much said that to us. He's like, yeah. yeah, you know, I could raise my rates for sure. I see where they are, but I don't want to do that. I don't want the hassle. I don't want the headache. I just, I like yeah. them out. He said, I like the amount of money that's coming in. So, <laughs> to us, you know, even though it's a beautiful facility, to us, that's a sign of, of distress, or maybe maybe not severe distress, but certainly a, a sign that it's not being run as efficiently as it could be by a professional organization like Belrose Storage.
0: Group. Got it. Got it. You know, it's crazy. I, I I do see a lot of that in 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 our business. Same where you have managers or just you know managing assets in real estate after 20 years it, it does take a toll on you or you or what i see a lot is you get blinded and you you're set on your ways but you you miss out on all the opportunities and the bump ups that you can get and like you mentioned um, having the technology or be willing to pay for marketing I, I find that so hard for a lot of investors or even small mom and pops to to pay four or $5,000 in apartments.com a month for a property. They're like, that's insane for them, but they don't see the return and the traffic that's going to generate and the quality of quality of tenants or quality of, you know, your tenants So you're going to begin because you're on the top of the search engine. You know, we all do that. We just go and grab the first top three. No one goes to the third or fourth page of Google. So paying for that, there's a value to it. And uh, also on the quality of the person. So, I could see that opportunity where you're finding them. Um, mm-hmm. Now, are you are you in the space of looking for conversions? I I, I keep hearing a buzz. I have uh, I, I mentioned to you that I my first my first diversification into a storage. Um, I'm, I've been 100 in multifamilies, and your business has been catching my eye. Um, I invested recently on on a land in um, Palm Beach. That's gonna that's gonna be developed for a storage and came in as an LP on it. Uh, I'm just gonna sit back and watch it. Uh, not active at all. Uh, we invested with uh, with uh, with an investors invested in our multifamilies, and he's an expert at this. But he builds them from scratch, and it was very interesting how he did his research and how he found it. So uh, I am strongly believing that now. There's also conversions of, of of offices that I'm hearing that's going out there. Mm-hmm. Are you looking at those opportunities?
1: Uh, yes and no. Uh, so our, our, our bread and butter is finding existing facilities that, that have value add potential. Now, some of that value add might be, uh, converting a, an existing building on the property, um, into storage. So we're doing that at a couple of our facilities. Yeah. Um, and then of course, you know, another value add might be, you know, building, you know, a new section uh, of, on the property, if if that would allow, but no, you're spot on, uh, and that's one of the reasons self storage is becoming more popular is because uh, it's it's no longer that you know kind of rusty, dusty uh, metal box back in the industrial area. You know, we're seeing. In fact, we were uh, we were uh, in the, involved in a deal where a Sears, an old Sears store, was being converted into storage. We found the lead. Uh, but we brought in some partners because that wasn't our uh, bread and butter. It wasn't our strength. So we we just let them run with it. And we ended up making a nice fee. So that was great. You uh, but, you know, the Best Buys, the old Kmart, uh, Kmart things yeah. in, those, in those retail areas um, that are going to be more in, uh, you know, kind of the, the, the moms and dads day to day, you know, errand running, you know, when they're going to, you know, Home Depot, the grocery store, wherever, uh, they'll be able to hit that uh, self-storage facility that's going to be right in that strip center, or right at that mall.
0: As, as an investor, what you know, what risk should I be looking for when I'm investing with uh, with a syndicator and in, in, in storage? Is what What are my red flags? What should I look for? What questions should I be asking someone like you? That's a, that's a, that's a great, uh, great, uh, segue. One of the things, if, you, if
1: you don't mind me throwing out a small commercial, uh, so belrosestoragegroup.com yeah. we have a resource on there. Um, uh, it's called the safe investing method. And I was actually, I was actually going to plug it a little later, but I'll go ahead and plug it. Nice. because it We can is, try If
0: you have a link. Yeah. I'll try yeah. the link so they could. Yeah. So
1: basically, this is a, an e-book, which is a compilation of all the mistakes that I've made uh, over the last uh, 16 years as an accredited uh, investor myself. Um, but uh, it's it's called Safe Investing, and Safe is an acronym. It's Sponsor, Asset, Financials, and Exit. So uh, in the e-book, it gives you a whole list of questions to ask about the sponsor who's running the deal. Uh, you know, what is what is their net worth look like? What is their experience? What's their background in this asset class? Um, you know, have they have they gotten in any trouble? <laughs> um, you know, what's their team like? You know, that kind of thing. Uh, so if, you know if it helps to avoid, you know, investing with uh, you know, Joe Syndicator at gmail.com. I mean, you want to see like there's an actual company yeah, there, right?
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, A, of course, for assets. So you want to know what what is the asset you're investing in, the multifamily building that you're looking at, the self-storage facility you're looking at, what do those markets look like, that kind of thing. F is for financials, which is you know what do the financial projections look like? What do those ratios look like? Um, I'm a finance nerd by training, so I look at all that stuff, whether it's our deals or deals that I'm looking to invest in as a limited partner. And then E quickly is exit, which is how do I get out of this thing? It's not like you can go to schwab.com and click, 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 sell your shares in a Bellrose storage group. Uh, facil- uh, self-storage facility syndication because uh, it's that that level of liquidity is just not there. So you have to be comfortable as an investor being tied up in that asset for two, three, four, five years, whatever the plan is. So, uh, but yeah, it's, it's getting a, getting the right sponsor. ABL is 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 job number one for sure. Key.
0: I agree with you one hundred percent. What is your typical return projections uh, on a deal?
1: Yeah, so we're targeting we, we when we run our underwriting and we look at pricing a property we're targeting uh the high teens for our for our limited partner investors uh so 17 18 19 percent is what we target uh now based on my background uh you know, i've always been very conservative with our underwriting so to, to this point we've we've exceeded that uh hurdle on on every deal that we've done so far and, and the, and the the deals that are in our pipeline are also trending in that direction.
0: Is is that IRR or annual average return you mentioned? Or it's IRR. Yeah, mm-hmm. IRR. Got it. Got it. And um, your typical deal is three to five years. Uh, but you, do you go past the five years, or, or that depends on market conditions, or?
1: Yeah, it it generally it depends, but uh, I would say we, we we typically would not go past five years unless there are some special okay. circumstances. Uh, because again, we're a value add player, so we can typically capture the bulk of that value uh, opportunity
0: in the first few years, or if not okay. sooner. How much does an investor need to start off with you?
1: So, yeah, good question. Our, our our minimum is typically fifty thousand, uh, but because we are in growth mode, we're trying to grow our investor database. We're actually lowering that to twenty five thousand. Um, just because uh, we know that investors sometimes you know, back to your question a minute ago about the sponsor, if they're not really comfortable yet or they don't quite know you, you know, give them an easy way to take a little test drive, and uh, then hopefully that you know twenty five thousand the next deal turns into two hundred fifty thousand. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, definitely. Uh, do you have a deal right now that that you're under contract that you'd like to explain to us and pitch?
1: almost very close almost all right all
0: right okay, okay. very close but i okay. do uh
1: I, you know it's funny you know when you when you're putting your business plan together you're like okay we're going to do one acquisition a month and never works out that way <laughs> does it you know? so we're, we're no, actually about to is. put three deals under contract so we've yeah. got a lot of money to raise over the uh, over the balance of the year so uh anyone out there no, who is interested you know come find us your business
0: has... You know your business has become very popular now. I'm pretty sure 15, 20 years ago it wasn't this competitive, but now, um, same as line. And I, I think that the syndication model has gone very mainstream with social media. Um, the kiddos were having a podcast talking about this now. So right. it 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 and the, and it's not because it's it's a trend. It's because it's lucrative. It makes sense. It makes money. It's safer. You know, it's it, 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 there's a That's lot right. of positive factors about both of our industries that are becoming popular. People are more open about it. Uh, it was, you know, like you said, mom and pops are the only ones that were taking advantage of these things for very long. Um, and now mm-hmm. people are like, okay, now I can invest in these and, and you don't have to get your hands dirty. You can invest with someone like you, then where, you know, you could give it to a professional. So I, I right. do see the value in your business and. Uh, and diversification from multifamily to storage is a trend that I'm going to start doing personally in my life. So I I look forward to, you know, speaking to you in the next business that you do. Uh, Tom, you gave us great insight about your business and how you run it. And uh, you seem to know very well what you're doing. Um, uh, Is there anything that you would like to say? And Drop a link or any how how can the uh, listeners? Oh yeah, uh,
1: I appreciate the opportunity to uh, be with you and listeners today. Uh, I would encourage folks if you want to learn more about Bellrose Storage Group or our, our upcoming our upcoming opportunities, uh, you can go to bellrosestoragegroup.com. uh There you can pick up your safe investing uh, ebook, but you can also uh, register on our investor portal. And uh, folks that are registered on our investment our investor portal are first to learn about the opportunities. Uh, that we have coming up so like i mentioned we do have, it's a little too early to talk details about them but we do have three okay. uh, that are coming up right uh, very soon <laughs> very soon that's
0: awesome man good luck man i hope you get those three uh tom Thanks so thank you much. for your time thank you for everything appreciate it
1: thank you abeels great being with you
0: thank you for listening to the real estate Life podcast i hope you enjoyed this episode If you'd like to reach out to me, please go to my website, www.ablballesteros.com.